the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven people. Each episode, Alicia and I will talk about a topic that's grabbed our attention and something that's bringing us value. We will look at things with our marketing hat on while keeping things light and fun. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about the lucrative customer segment that you may be failing to target. I look at a major marketing event and the term purpose washing. Have you heard of it? And our vulnerable question for the week is advice we would give our younger selves. Welcome back to the podcast, Jade. How's your week been? Really good. Thank you. We've been um, really busy following up new leads, which has been really great. I'm really proud of us. We've um, put some new kind of systems in place to kind of keep track of leads and send out proposals and stuff. And I think it's working really well. Yeah, it just means that my time isn't spent on creating new proposals every time I speak to a new lead. I almost have a system now that can identify those that are would be good for us and also um, push through a proposal pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's so nice to have that in place. It is. It is. I'm sure soon enough we won't want to turn send any more out though. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the two of us. But yeah. yeah. No, it's it is good. It's a I feel like it's a another goal for our little company. Yeah, we're doing really well. And we'll have to um maybe talk about some of the um programs and platforms that we, we use. Like the the tool we use to send out our proposals is great. Mm. Um and maybe we could do a bit of an episode about some of the um, the, yeah, the platforms and the programs that, that we use us. that assist us through our business day to day because there's actually so many now. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay, what's got your attention this week? Okay, so um, the girls on Shameless the other day were talking about how they think Instagram is becoming irrelevant for the younger generation. They're all on TikTok. Apparently, I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> and they're right, though, based on the stats. By next year, TikTok is predicted to pass Instagram in the number of users between the ages of 18 to 25. So great. I think that's, I mean, interesting stat. But I feel that the way everyone's talking about it is like the younger generation is it. They are the be all and end all. And if you're not where the younger generation is, then you're irrelevant. And I don't think that's the case because I don't think this means that other platforms are irrelevant. Because that's just young people. And what's also important is older people. Now, I'm not talking about us, Alicia, because I know we're older than 25. I'm talking about the over 65s. An article titled, Are You One of the Brands Ignoring Lucrative Customer Segments? discusses how the over 65s are are a growing customer segment with a high disposable income that are being misunderstood and ignored. In the article, they said, It's called the demographic of the modern age and believes it should be the most attractive demographic for brands and marketers to investigate and target because it has never before been so populous, nor has it had such a growth trajectory. As well as being a solid market just waiting to be catered to, the group has never been so healthy and has many years ahead of it. What's more, they're educated and tech savvy, keen to participate in life and have never previously had the disposable income they now have through superannuation to fund their wants. So just some figures for us. Internationally, the spending power of people 65 plus is about 11.6 trillion per annum. And in the article, they say that this will grow um, another 3 trillion in the next decade. 
And the same demographic in Australia, which is 65 plus, is now 4.3 million and estimated to grow to 7.6 million by 2051. So there's some big numbers. What I think is interesting um, for our list possibly is how people can adapt products for this market. So I think they need to think about what they struggle with and what they need. From the article, they also said older people want nutritious food in smaller servings, in packaging that's easy to open and with directions and ingredients lists that are legible for people whose close vision is not as good as it was. In the article, they suggest food can more acutely meet health needs for the age group, but it doesn't mean it can't be shared and enjoyed with other people. So what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that there's some misunderstood stereotypes. Yes. Um, And it says in the article... Parkinson's believes the 60-plus demographic is misunderstood partly because mainstream businesses hang on to out-of-date stereotypes of older people and partly because they do not employ them and so do not see them or think about these individuals. So, you know, why they don't employ them? They don't need money. They've got lots of it. So, you know, a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, it's so interesting because I think the out-of-date stereotype, like I can think in my uni days too, 65-plus. Like what? That was like considered... The elderly. I know. Why and was that? They People still think the generation is adverse to risk, that they don't like technology and that they don't like to spend money, which is totally irrelevant. Totally now. irrelevant. Mm. And they're all on Facebook. Yeah. Like that is not – and it is it is so true that that stereotype is around. And I'm mm. so glad you've brought this to my attention this week because I think just from our – the fact that we've been in the industry 10, 15 years – is it? I don't know. Um, 15, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we're definitely coming from the same – our learnings and the it does go to, that's like there is – we don't ever talk about over 75s. No. It's the, the word for like that demo up is 65 plus, which is so not right anymore. Mm. They are very different. That t- market is very different to what we used to target mm. back 15 years ago. Yeah, Where yeah, they right. didn't want mm. to – have a phone, say, mm. um, look, I, I think of my pop and he, who he passed away last year, but he was he was like in his 89, 90, and he loved computers. So I've got a very warped sense of like right. elderly because he loved computers. So, yeah. yeah. But I think that majority of, say, 80 plus don't want to adopt, don't usually have – Look, maybe I'm cha- maybe well, I need to change my okay. attitude now. So I'll tell you about my grandparents. My my pop on my dad's side has mum, but my nana doesn't. And then on my mum's side, my nana does and my pop doesn't. So about fifty percent, okay. and they're all over eighty. Okay. Well, that's in terms it. of phones, iPads. This everything. is why maybe there needs to be a stereotype shake up. Yeah, totally. I would really like to see a new a new stereotype a definition for each their each market mm. because if you think about it we are gen y and we're moving we're all moving into that you know that that's moving up and that gen x no gen z behind us mm-hmm. are now like they're so much older remember they used to be the teens <laughs> so it's just it's just changing and I think marketers can't ignore that. Yeah, totally. Um, even in the article they said it's a great opportunity for supermarket shelves. Just as we've got 
aisles dedicated to infants and all their needs. Our palates change in their 70s and just as a child's can be different to a teenager's, yet we haven't catered to this need in mainstream supermarkets. There'll be like an aisle with all the bougie things that they can afford. That but we can't afford. It's so true. Like even just uh, like with the, the the point about the labels, like not being able to read the labels, mm. like even just the same product, more legible labels, um, you know, branding targeted towards them. Could mm. you imagine like they, that would be flying off the shelves versus the normal products that they're struggling to find in the supermarket mm. for an over 65? Mm. Like I just... I think, and I think about my mum and dad who are not quite 65, (laughs) still a few years off, but how applying an over 65 stereotype to them now doesn't fit. They're totally not that person. They're tech savvy. Mm. They have the money to spend. They're not Mm. risk adverse. And also remember the over 65 used to be frugal because they would remember when we were going through, they used to be like really um, careful with their money Yep, because they... That was when we went to uni years ago in 20, 2005. That stereotype was like, yeah, they wouldn't want to because they'd um, <laughs> gone through the war. <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, maybe not, maybe not. But like they'd, they'd lived in harder times. Yeah, so definitely. So they were a lot more like yeah. careful with things. And yeah. there's not as, not as have, didn't have disposable income like yeah. say the, the generations yeah. after them, like the and baby boomers and things. But now yeah. baby boomers are probably – baby boomers are 65 plus. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, yeah, the lower end of that and the upper mm. end of that, yeah. So it's – um, I think it's interesting that what they're trying to say, though, is, is that not enough people, larger businesses, for example, are adapting their products for this market. Like, unless you have a product that is, the, is for that market specifically, like, you know, aged care stuff – People aren't adapting their products for this market, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, and the fact that they us there is a big market of money to be yeah 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 um, just waiting into. to be spent. Yes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think I definitely think that um, I, I know one over sixty five that would very much love this conversation. So maybe we'll have to get her on the podcast. Who's that? I won't say. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, they said that um, mainstream categories ripe for over 65 products include food and nutrition, skincare, fashion, smart home features, hospitality, leisure, education, meeting people, property and financial products and services. Yet they also think that pretty much every sector of the economy will intersect with um, people over 65 and their needs. Wow. Well, let's go educate ourselves, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> what can we we'll, we settle over sixty? Yeah. <laughs> Jade, what's got my attention this week is the ANA's Master of Marketing event that was held last month with some of the biggest names in marketing. Biggest brands were there. Like my favourite. Pritchard was there, the oh, who I spoke Mark about last Pritchard. week, Mark Pritchard from P&G. But yeah, all we the brands. We talk about him every episode. I think Is there ev- an episode you haven't brought him up? I know. I don't know why. It must, must be from my um, international advertising days. They yes. were very connected with P&G. Diane taught you well. Yes. So the article set, the article in Ad Age reports on this uh, marketing event and it is honestly one of the 
the most weighted upon marketing events because I always touch on what's trending and what marketers are focusing on and, and changing for the next the following year. Adage says, while ne- nearly every speaker spoke about purpose marketing, there is some skepti- skepticism creeping in. Not that brands should abandon it, but there are good and bad ways to go about it. Raja Raja Manara, I hope I said that right, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at MasterCard, spoke about the dangers of purpose washing. It's a nice soundbite for CEOs to state, every company says, yeah, we're driving, we're purpose driven, he said. Yet he noted the importance of delivering on such statements, adding that profits and purpose are not mutually exclusive. I liked this, and I also liked what this lady, Lizette Asuga, said, the co-founder of the Alliance for Inclusive and Multicultural Marketing, said, Marketers um, cautioned marketers against just chasing the news of the day, saying investing in minority-owned media is not a pity game. This is a smart thing to do. Now, these are two... There's sort of two topics there. There's the the purpose marketing, but then there's also the jumping on the news of the day and just trying to let your brand be involved in something that's actually got nothing, <laughs> that's actually not going to follow up or change someone's life specifically. I think what I mainly wanted to, what really caught my attention from this article was the fact that it's starting to be, it's starting to differentiate those that are actually putting their mouth money where their mouth is if that makes sense where those that are actually creating purpose change and making a difference in different like in good ways and those are just saying that purpose is in our in our value-led statement or whatever rachel ferdinando (laughs) you say that (laughs) ferdinando 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 CMO at Frito-Lay North America said, purpose is about authentically enhancing someone's life. Later, she added that while purpose should be at the core of what you do and inform everything you do, you have to be really careful about how you interpret it and that not everything has to be led, has to lead to big gestures. Interesting. I love purpose washing, the term purpose washing. I think um, what I just thought about was... Remember when we had the segment at the end where we would talk about a brand specifically and like a purpose-led brand? Mm. And even now, I could rattle off the list to you, the ones that had a really core purpose and delivered on it time and time again, and the ones that would be considered purpose washing. Like Totally. I would think of, um, we spoke about who gives a crap in terms of the toilet paper. And thank you. And yeah, and thank you. And I those... Genuinely. Genuinely, genuinely, they're... What they do every day delivers on what their purpose is. 100%. And then you've got a lot of the other ones, and I'm not going to name them specifically, but, you know, empowering women was their purpose. I'm like, really, you just sell a product. I'm sorry, but they're not, they weren't doing anything else in that space other than sell their product to women, for example. Mm. And I think that that is where purpose washing comes in. Mm. Um, and I love that they said that their purpose and profits aren't mutually exclusive because I think people think that they are. Mm. But I can tell you what, who gives a crap are doing pretty damn well. Yeah. <laughs> and so is thank you. And so is thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think... I, I think considering that purpose marketing was at the forefront of this ANA conference means that I think with us creating a podcast that had purpose, that we analysed every brand's purpose was timely mm. because it honestly it honestly has to be part of brands moving forward. Like companies won't survive because consumers are so savvy now. Mm. 
and read through profit-driven companies that are only out to make profit and don't care about the environment or don't care about that your your well-being. Like you honestly, you honestly do need to have your consumers not just the buyer, but involved in decisions that the company is producing. Like, what is the repercussions of your packaging? Mm. What is you know like these sorts of decisions? You're not going to get products are not going to go gangbusters with the generation of the TikTok world yeah <laughs> if your products are like uh strangling turtles in the ocean exactly <laughs> you know like you need there needs to be a much bigger um oh, a very very conscious way of not only doing business but then how you talk about that with yeah. your and that is mark i think i think if you were to do a marketing degree in 2022 i would hope that was the first thing they taught yeah the new marketers yeah. coming up I'm glad that you touched on the environment, actually, because one of the things um, from the ANA was selling everyday environmentalism, kind of, and we spoke about this in a previous episode. I think we called it called kind of called greenwashing in terms of you know companies that were greener than before, which could mean absolutely anything, and the way that they're trying to market their envi- environmentally friendly approaches to consumers. Um, and they said consumers want the best product while being environmentally conscious, but they are not sure what to do all the time. This is said by Procter and Gamble. Um, Mark, Chief Brand Officer Mark Pritchard. Yay, your mate. <laughs> um, he highlighted two campaigns where PNG is pushing sustainability by changing people's household habits. One is Tide's Gold Coilers, Cold Coilers, sorry, campaign to encourage people to wash loads in cold water using detergent designed to perform without using all that energy to heat water up. Mm. He also pointed to Cascades Platinum's Do It Every Night campaign, which bills running a dishwasher every night as an environmentally friendly solution that uses less water than washing dishes by hand. So I think that's really interesting how a company like this isn't trying to sell you their product by telling you if it's environmentally friendly. They're actually giving you the steps to be more environmentally conscious without their products essentially at all. That's where it has to get to. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're being the ones, okay, we know a lot about this space in terms of um, washing your clothes and washing your dishes, we're going to tell you how to make that more envir- environmentally thing for you to do. Um, but you don't even have to buy their products to do it, essentially. Mm. So I just think that that is, again, an example of someone who isn't purpose washing. <laughs> they're, mm. they're just literally telling you how to make the world a better mm. place. I think we're obviously looking at the purpose and the environmental stuff that's all been brought up in this conference, but there's also they, – they do touch on – some trends we're going to see next year is obviously the cookies being removed from Google and Google making it harder for you to track users with their advertising, which is going to be massive on some people's digital buyers. Um, and then obviously about Facebook's outage they had last week as well. But mm-hmm. they, they didn't they didn't touch too much on that. But there's a few things to read. So we'll put the link in our podcast notes and have a read of what what's hot on the marketing agenda for 2022. Yeah. We are sticking with our vulnerable questions and this week's vulnerable question is, if you could tell your younger self some advice, what would it be? Jade, do you want to kick this off? Ooh. Does it have to be marketing related? No, definitely not. I'd rather it not be actually. I'm over talking about marketing. (laughs) I think it would be something along the lines of not worrying what other people think about you. I don't think I ever thought I was someone who worried so much about that at the time. But looking back, I think I do. Yeah, because I just feel like 
any time I would have spent worrying about that when I was younger could have been spent doing other things. I just felt... That is such a great one. I just felt like I think when I was younger, I definitely felt um, like I had to take everyone's opinion on board um, or everyone's opinion was right, kind of, if that makes sense. Mm. But only in the last few years have I realised I don't really take anyone's opinion on board anymore. (laughs) Mm. And um, unless it's someone's... You know, someone I truly value their their advice and their input, but um, yeah, it's taken me a while to get to that point. Mm. What do you think? Well, mine was very similar. Mine was around the fact that you don't need everyone to accept you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, similar to yours. Yeah, I think back to my childhood, and I would honestly, and look, I feel like my best friend still tells me not everyone has to like you, Alicia, <laughs> but I still. I spent so much energy, the same thing, making sure that everyone liked me. Yeah. I wish I didn't. Why didn't I just stop doing that? And like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because I think I did it all my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes aligned with people that didn't align with my values and things and I would try and fit into theirs. Yes. Yes. And that would then, therefore, it's obviously fake who I was being. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought I had to do that to make them like me. Yeah. Yeah. It takes you a while to realise that, doesn't it? Do you think it's age? Do you think it's a gender thing? I think the fitting in and the belonging side of things is like in our nature. Mm, Yeah. And sometimes, especially if you're a people pleaser, you fit into try and fit into all the different types of walks of life, and that's just obviously not going to be natural for any for every for anybody. (laughs) Yeah. And I definitely can think of myself in all different types of years in my childhood that I would have gone back and said, no, you don't have to have this person like you because they're not a nice person. Yeah, yeah. So stop trying to make them like you because they just, yeah, like for you to get them to like you, you're probably going to have to do something that's not nice too. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever it be. But I just, yeah, there's plenty of things I think about and go, that's just... You were awkward in that situation because it wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. But I, I find it interesting because I, uh, you hear this question a lot, don't you? But I feel like how do you even convey that to someone to younger now? Not even a child, but say like a teenager. Like you can't even convey that to them in a way that I think they would get. I think you just have to live through it, right? Totally. Because at the time it would feel that the world would crash down if that person didn't like you. Correct, yeah. Yeah, you do hear this question a lot and I feel like lots of people say um, don't rush it or don't don't rush through like things will happen in time, mm. you know, because we always want everything now. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel that you can't possibly know that until you've lived through that time. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. it for this week make sure you leave us a review or follow us on instagram at marketing that matters pod we love a chat thanks for listening to marketing that matters marketing that matters